Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Transforming 45. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. In this podcast, we dive deep into the transformative power of storytelling. I firmly believe that stories have the magical ability to heal, inspire, and connect us. That's why I'm here to bring you the incredible stories of women who have journeyed through life's ups and downs and emerged as their most authentic selves. We'll explore stories of resilience, reinvention, and the courage it takes to embrace change. It's a space where authenticity shines, where the messy and the beautiful moments of life come together to create something truly extraordinary. So brilliant listeners, get ready for a roller coaster of emotions, a burst of inspiration, and a whole lot of love. Transforming 45 is not just a podcast, it's a movement, a celebration of incredible humans who light up the world. I'm so grateful you are here, and I can't wait to embark on this transformative journey with you. Let's dive in and start transforming together. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. Uh, This is actually take two. We had a real internet shutdown happen on my end. So we are calling in all of the internet goddesses to just support us through this conversation. So we are going to be here and we're going to do this together. So on this week's episode of Transforming 45, I am so excited to welcome the internet goddess and Jennifer Dragonette who is a a podcast host and an author and owns a production company and supports people in creating and hosting their own podcasts. I met Jennifer pre-COVID when we were in a um, women's healing and visioning group together. We live in different countries, but one of the great things about facilitated conversation like that is it doesn't matter where you are from or what your experience is, you have an opportunity to connect. And so I have been grateful to watch Jennifer's story unfold over the last four years. And I think when we reconnected in the spring, because I was on your podcast, I said to you, you are a different human than I met four years ago. And so thank you for living in such a heart forward, authentic and powerful way that you know, people who care and have been following you have been able to watch and, and see happen over time. So welcome to the podcast this week. Well, thank you for having me. And um, thank you for being part of the journey because it has been one wild ride, at least on my side. <laughs> So I can only imagine what it's like online for everybody who's been hanging out. Well, it's like, so you just recently published a book. Your story is someone's life raft. And that really, like what you just said is the core of the title of your book also, right? That watching, when people have the courage to live their full life online, it lets other people know that they aren't alone. And that I think is what's really going to be the theme of our podcast today. So with that in mind, tell me your story. How did you get to where you are today? Well, let's just start with when you met me, because, you know, let's, we don't need to go through hashing through all the, tri- you know, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the glories. There's been some glories. But when you met me, it was borderline that time where you hit the peak of like, this is the darkest time in my life something needs to change. And around that time was every night I would go to bed and I would pray to all everything. It didn't matter what it was. I was like, God, Jesus, like I was praying to every single higher power that I could saying, please take my life. Because I was to a point that I didn't feel worthy to breathe oxygen. I thought the oxygen in the space that I was taking up would be better deserved by someone else. So I joined that program and kind of hid a lot of that. And I show up, showed up pretty forwardly. I'm a bubbly, happy person. I'm this wonderful fire wife and life is so good. And look at me, look at Instagram me, look at Facebook me. But the people who got to know me know that there was a darker side, that there was a true struggle. And this is one thing that if I could go back, I could, I would change and I would let people know that I was trying to inspire that there was two sides of the story. 
as I started to unfold, of course, I started sharing some of that other side of the story. But there was one night that I remember sitting on my bed being like, there is no purpose for me on this planet. How can I exit? How can I figure out what to do? I don't feel worthy of the oxygen that's on this planet. Like, I didn't feel worthy to breathe air because I felt that I was stealing the oxygen for another human that could do more. Hmm. And then I heard little footsteps coming down, like the little pitter patter of my dog coming down my my hall, which mind you, she's afraid of our hallway. So the fact that she knew to come down at that moment changed everything. And in that moment, I was like, okay, what can I do differently? And I started to think with this, like, what, what is different? What is really making me feel this way? And it wasn't until recently that I realized how important it is to be in the surrounding of people that love and care about you, that you're not always giving everything and not getting anything in here. But I still, at this point, didn't know. So I started to pull back. Um, I tried to open up a little bit in that group that we were in. And it, it, it you know. I blew it off, like status quo. You know, a lot of us get into the status quo lifestyle. That's like, as I described, like your story, someone's life raft. I was in the water, treading water. My head was still above. Maybe every once in a while, something would float by where I'd get a like moment to hold on and like, okay, I don't have to kick. But I was still in those deep ocean trudging water. But it was okay because it was familiar water. I wasn't rocking a boat because I didn't have a boat. <laughs> like I wasn't doing anything to serve me. I was just like, okay, this is good enough. No sharks are eating me today. We're good. And then 2020 rolled around where the limited contact with humans that I had got shut down. We had different beliefs than most of my family and friends. So we were excluded. Um, I wasn't able to go to the barn to see my horse. I wasn't able to do any of these things. So I started going deeper and deeper and deeper into, into my, my own mind, which was not a safe place to be at that time. And I was like, I need, I need some sort of connection. So I started a podcast and I realized how important it was to have these kind of conversations. And I felt like every single person that came on my show was universe's way of saying there's still hope. So that's kind of my story of like how I got into realizing how important stories and podcastings were that got me to where I am today. That's really, I mean, you've, you've brought forth so many really powerful thoughts and thank you for being so open and transparent. I think when you were talking about not feeling worthy to breathe oxygen, I think that is a descriptive way of describing what that feels like that not a lot of people would be able to put words to. And so thank you. Thank you for that, because I think it's really powerful. And I also, so when we first met and you felt like you were showing up in one way, I felt all of that coming from behind you. Yeah. <laughs> and like it was prickly and it was spiky. And I think it's important for us to know that even when we think we're writing a narrative and showing up in a way, it's almost like it's creating a wall. That's actually creating a wall from being able to connect with anybody else. So you and your transparency, you're breaking down walls so that you can connect with other people and other people can actually connect with you. Which opens up a whole new level of vulnerability when you're already in that space is mm -hmm. super, super scary. <laughs> and it's yeah. hard to get through, but it's finding those safe spaces to to get through them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to continue to talk about it. Right. And to know that just because you are in a, in a better place now doesn't mean it didn't happen and doesn't mean that it doesn't continue to inform choices and ways that you are continuing, that you are living now. So is, can you talk about that a little bit? Like how, did, how is that experience helping you to make choices in your life at this point? 
Well, I never want to feel like that again. And I think that it would be a disservice to not share like the, the step that made it so that I could realize is that. So, like I said, I started the podcast. I started connecting. I met somebody. I am borderline. I think it's called agoraphobia. Like you're afraid of germs. So mm-hmm. 2020 was hard for me, like really yeah. hard for me. And one of my podcast guests is like, come to Costa Rica on this retreat with me. It's called Wild and Free. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're going to put me on a flying tube of germs. You're going to have me leave the country for the first time by myself. I don't speak the language. And you want me to find my way all the way across the country on a bus? You got to be crazy. (laughs) Eventually, I said, yes. Thank you. I'm like, I'm very, she's very persistent. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to have those kind of people. So the first day we get there, so mind you, I'm still in, I'm still in the praying because I don't feel worthy of air. And I'm like traumatized because I'm going to this yoga retreat with all these yoga bodies. We all have the images. Hmm. So now I'm like unworthy of air. I'm feeling too fat and disgust. Like, like all these things are going through my mind and I'm like, what am I doing? Jen, get off the plane. <laughs> like, yeah, you have an out. You're going to have to stop in LA. You can just turn around and fly home. You can rent a car. You don't have to keep going to Costa Rica. And I got there and there was a whole thing that happened. And I'm like, I made it through. We're good. We got to the resort. It was a little sketch for a moment, but we got there and her, our opening ceremony happened. And that is the moment that I was like, this is going to be my lesson. Because we sat there on the floor. I had my unicorn little notebook that she gave me with this really pretty pen. And we had to do our first journaling exercise. And she's like, I want you to write down the response to who am I? My heart sank. I felt like I was going to throw up. I have never been so sweaty in my life. I'm like, I know Costa Rica is is humid, but this is not like I'm literally sitting in a pool of my sweat at this point. And I see all the women in the circle writing down all these things. And I'm like, crap, I got to write something down. So I kept writing the words, who am I? Because I realized not only did I not feel worthy of breathing, I wasn't feeling that way because I didn't even associate with my name being female, anything in my life. I was so, I was a shell. Like you said, it was prickly coming through. I was having feelings, but there was nothing, no, nothing inside that was me left. And then came the moment where she's like, I want everyone to share what they wrote. And I'm thinking to myself, oh crap. I'm the last one in the circle almost. And when they get to me, what am I supposed to say? Because I have nothing on my page other than the words, who am I? So everyone was sharing all these beautiful things like I'm this, I'm that, this is who I am, this is who I stand for. And it came to me. And it's still hard for me. In that moment, I was like, I don't know. And she looked at me and she's like, but you wrote things down. I'm like, I wrote down the words, who am I on the entire page? Because I felt like I had to have, I had to be writing. Everyone else was writing. I wanted to fit in. I did not want to be the first one to break down and cry. I did not want to be that person, but you know, there I was in all my glory around all these people. And something strange happened in that moment. I felt a full circle of love, support, unjudgment from a bunch of people that I thought would judge me for my body, for my mind, for everything. And all I felt was love. And not that I hadn't felt love and support from people in my past, but this was different. This was a group of strangers giving me unconditional love from themselves and just and I sat with it and I was like okay I've got to be the best student and chopped all the classes and it'll be fine and that night I went back to my room and I called my husband and I spilled to him everything I'm like I'm miserable I hate our marriage everything so this mind you is many many years ago 
go at this point. Mm-hmm. I can't keep doing this. Like this is our relationship is is literally I've attached so much of my worth to our relationship that it's killing me. And everything came out. Like all the things that I had wished that I said came out. He's dissociates when I say things. So he I'm sure he shut down, didn't hear any of it, but that's okay because it all got to come out mm-hmm. because I'd never said anything because he disassociates so much. So we continued through this trip. By the end, mind you, I was naked with all these yoga bodies that I thought were better than mine in the ocean, surrounded by fireflies that just swarmed out over the ocean, which was crazy. And the lady's like, I've never seen this happen before. I'm like, it's for me. I'm like, you drugged me. And she's like, no, this is really happening. And it was it was that trip that was kind of like the catalyst to say, oh, my goodness, like, this is a lesson. Like, I cannot attach myself to outward things I gotta work on what's inside Mm -hmm. and it was a true reflection to myself plus a reflection of what unconditional support looks like unjudged support looks like because we were all going through our own things nobody Mm -hmm. was judging we were just literally there providing what support we could so I wanted to say all that because it wasn't it did take that moment of seeing the other side to really realize it. And I think that one question we always look over is like, who am I? You know, and I, I honestly think that why this, like thinking back to this, why we have, this is take two of this podcast is because you read my bio. Because that's one thing I never do when I show up on shows. People are like, tell us a little bit about, tell me your elevator pitch. And I'm like, hey, I'm Jen. I'm a land mermaid, connector of humans, love pod- lover of podcasts. Because I think that we put so much into that who am I title of what we think other people will want to hear. That we forget about some of the fun things. Like, I'm a goofy person. Like, I'm a, literally a land mermaid. Like, throw me in the ocean and... I'm I'm there. Like I I'm not meant to be on land. Like I kind of <laughs> like dredging water, but you know, I do want my boat to come by every once in a while, but I think it's important to to really look at that question who am I? And yeah. like keep asking it. Do the high level surface stuff and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. And is there an exact answer? No. But you are somebody who deserves oxygen to be on this planet. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, it, again, you've brought up so many really important points. And I want to go back to when you were so honest in that circle and said, I don't know. Because my having not been there, but my guess is that when you said that, it opened space for other people to also say, you know what? The truth is that I also don't know. Because we often, that question, who am I, is the central core of the work that I do with women as well. And the central core of this phase of my life. I'm not going to tell you, you know, I was on a podcast last night and I was talking about this, the difference between roles that we play and our actual identity, like who we really are. And I was like, you know, the roles that I play are what our wife, partner, mother, entrepreneur now, author, podcast host, those things roll off the tongue so easily. And when I said, but the truth of who I am is that I am creative. I am courageous. I am loving. And then, but I still was having to process through and it didn't roll off the tongue in the same way because the roles are so they're defined right? Those are the easy things. And my, if I were to hazard a guess, not everybody, but I bet some of the people who were in that circle, when they said, who am I, were actually talking about the roles that they play rather than the actual truth of who they are. Yeah. Right. Because like you said, when we focus on the external, which is what we do so much, and that's what roles are, Roles are external things that we pick up and we put on and we take them off or sometimes other people take them off for us or to us. And the core things about who we are are the things that nobody can take and I can't take off. So I th- the, those were two really, I think, key things that you brought up in your story. 
And I think the who am I question is going to always be evolving. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that I don't, I'm still figuring it out because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I truly, like, who am I? Like, who am I? You know, next week I'll be somebody different. Two weeks ago I was somebody different. But I think that this is what's really important and, like, why I keep telling people, like, your story, you're too big or magical for a ripple. Why my thing is I want you to make a tsunami of change is because I look at the tsunami. Everything, if you notice, like, I truly am a land mermaid. It's all, like, Mm -hmm. water related. But the tsunami, what what does a tsunami do? It comes in. And it washes over everything. And what does it do? It takes everything back out. And the things that are really strong in their foundation are still there. Everything else is a rebuild. Yeah, that's such a, that is such a good and powerful analogy and really connects to what you were saying about continually asking the question, right? Because I think people feel like they aren't successful until they can answer that question and they feel like it's a destination. Like, okay, I've arrived. But my question is, but where, where did you arrive to? (laughs) There is no arriving because tomorrow life is going to happen. You know, it could be a tsunami. It could be a, it could be a swarm of dragonflies. It could be, it could be beautiful. It could be powerful. It could be hard. It could be devastating, but life will continue to happen. And so who we are constantly is evolving in response to this very odd earth experience that we are all experiencing together. It's pretty pretty crazy ride. Yeah. Yeah, it is. This is, I remember saying to one of my clients who, you know, early on in our work together said like, why is this, why is this so hard? And I said, well, earth's earth school. It's where you come to do the really hard shit. And yeah, (laughs) and, and it is, and that is the beauty of the experience, right? It is really hard and then it's beautiful and then it's hard and then it's beautiful. And that's what forms who we are. Yeah. 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 And when you stop seeing the beauty, that's when you really need to start sitting with that question because you know, that's where I was. Like there's no, there was no beauty left in my life at all. Everything mm-hmm. was hard. There was no ease. There was no flow. There was no fun, you know, and I had wrapped myself again into one of those titles. Like I have to be a successful entrepreneur. I have to make a certain amount of money. So, all right, I'm going to wrap myself up more in, in my, my work. All right. My marriage isn't, you know, providing me with any of the emotional needs I'm I'm getting. So let me wrap myself up in podcasting so that I can at least have like some sort of human interaction because I'm not even getting that from my marriage. Like there is so many things that we have to remember as we go through this journey. It's like, but when there's no joy, mm-hmm. it's time to pause and say, okay, what is a simple joy I can add back? Mine was boba. I love me a good boba. So it was going and getting a boba, sitting in my car and enjoying a boba. (laughs) I feel what's a boba. So boba is this weird tapioca balls that they put inside of milk tea, like bubble tea. I think some people call it. Yeah. Um, But that was my thing is I was like, I'm going to get a fancy drink every day because I had told myself for so long, don't drink sugary drinks because, you know, weight loss and diet industry told me that sugary Mm -hmm. drinks were the key to why I was overweight and obese. And my doctors wanted me to have bariatric surgery and all this other stuff. And I was like, screw them. I get to have one thing of happiness. If that's sitting in my car for 30 minutes and drinking whatever sugary drink I want, like this is what I'm doing. And it was finding those little moments of joy. And I just, I keep wanting to say that because I know so many people are out there just doing the motions. I'm not the only one that felt like a shell. I'm not the only one that would have sat on that floor saying, I don't know who I am. I don't even, I can't even write my name because I don't know if Jennifer sounds like me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And was there... Do you feel connected to your name now? More so than I did, but I'm still, there's a lot that's still unfolding 
you know, like as I wrote my book, mm-hmm. I realized there was more to it than 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 I originally thought, I guess I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I changed names, I made up characters, but a lot of characters I I put a lot of my life in that I don't want to admit is from my life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's pe- there's people in the book and stories in the books that I want people to connect with, but every one of those stories has a little piece of my life that I don't want to be like, this was part of my story. So there's still things that are well hidden from the outside world that I'm processing through. And I think that sharing your story via podcasting is vulnerable. Writing a book is a whole new level of vulnerability. I don't know why, because there are more people that listen to my podcast than there probably ever will be <laughs> that read my book, you know, unless I do come become a like global phenomenon of like your story is someone's life raft, which could happen it could. right now. Absolutely. You know, we did reach number three on the Amazon bestsellers list. So that's that amazing. Exciting. Yeah. Um, but it's it really is that it's it's being you said it earlier being brave enough to start sharing. Mm-hmm. So during that time, I also created a a third podcast because now I, there's a there was a third one out there where I disguised my voice and didn't put my name, and I talked about all the topics that needed to come out because my throat chakra was so blocked. I was sick all the time. I could barely speak. So I disguised my voice and I talked about everything. I talked about health. I talked about what my true beliefs of like the whole 2020 thing was like mm-hmm. politics. Like I talked about all of it. That show grew pretty fast, mind you, which was kind of crazy because here's this like totally disguised voice. But I think sharing not only serves you, but it serves the people listening. The feedback I got from the show, from my secret email that I, everything was secret that I set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is it right there. It's It was talking to people. I talked to someone that was on my show and I'm like, what's the best part of podcasting? He's like, there was a person who wanted to end their life, listened to my show, called me a week later and said, because of something you said on your show, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't take my life. And that's the power of being willing to be vulnerable is healing for you and for others. Yeah, absolutely. It is that, that is our, that is our journey as, as humans is connection, right? How we connect and make space for each other in, like I said earlier, in this very odd experiment that we are living through, but it really is making that space where we can be seen and heard and learn from each other. And I wonder now that you have like put the secret podcast out there with your, with your voice covered. Is there any part of you now that would be willing to go back and do it as you? I've blown up enough of my life right at this current moment. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Not no, yet. And that's fair. Not yeah. Yet. So yeah. at some point, yes, I do want to ha- go back and be like, here's my, my views, because I think that it's really important to be able to stand in. This is my beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess one of them that I'm willing to come forward with is like, I can't get a vaccine because I'm allergic to them. But even if I could, I wouldn't have done it. My family shunned me for it. It was, it was a problem, but I'm willing to speak my truth on it now because we're kind of past that rawness point. But there's so many other things. My book kind of blew my, blew up a lot of things. And when I say that it blew up a lot of things, what the reaction was to me, I'm still not healed enough yet to take that reaction that came in. So when I launched my book, we reached number three on Amazon bestsellers. I got a phone call from a family member that's like, there's still some typos that you and your editor missed. So what was my immediate response? I took the book down. Uh So only the people that bought it for a typo. Not because that message is going to do something because your story is someone's life raft. The journey of that is where I was saying I'm treading water, hoping for something. Somebody throws me a life raft. All right. I make it to shore. Now I start building a boat that's big enough to have my own life rafts to throw back for other people. This is my life rafts that I'm throwing back for other people. And a typo is going to stop that. 
if you don't like typos, don't hang out in my space at all, because that's just not going to, I mean, spelling, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I speak somewhere between English and Jen. <laughs> I spell mostly Jen, not English. <laughs> so some things my editor didn't pick up and we're not perfect. We're not, and we're never going to be. And if you look at even some of the big books and I know, like I've read some of the bigger books and I'm like, there's a typo. There's a, there's a wrong format, wrong spacing. And they have professional, they whole huge teams looking through this stuff. But I let that person guide so much of the outside. So to answer your question in a really long way, am I willing to put that out someday? But right now between my book and some other big personal changes that I'm making in my life, not yet, because I'm already dealing with, I'm already ready for battle in owning who I am with what I'm already got going on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think you just like pulled that thread of perfection, right? And I think in almost any of my episodes, there's going to be the thread of the myth of perfection that gets pulled because it is such a glass box right? That keeps us in that box. And it's interesting that you brought that up because um, in the journal that I wrote, one of the people who bought it very graciously, she was like, I just want you to know this so that, you know, you can correct it for future purchases. The, it, on one page, the prompts at the top had shifted down and were like in the lines. So it was a funny formatting thing that hadn't come through in the author copy. And so I don't know why it did that. And I had the same initial knee jerk reaction to go in, take it down and fix it. And then I didn't. I took a beat and I brought, I had a breath and I stopped myself and I said, this could be a gift. I have never written a journal. I have never self-published anything before. And to have this one mistake show up maybe is a really great way to show you can try new things and it won't necessarily be perfect. And that's okay because you did something for the first time. And um, yeah, so it's still there. And I haven't said anything about it <laughs> before now, uh, but I kind of hope that when people get to that page in the journal and they see it, I hope that their reaction is like, oh, there's some imperfection. That's good. That's great. And I'm sure that won't be everybody's response, but that was my intention for leaving it was intentional imperfection. And I love that. And I think like there are some things that I will change in my book for version two. But when I really took that moment, like you said, to pause, I realized who was saying it and how much they're realizing their actions created some of these stories because although i didn't use names although i used other people because again still too afraid to say this was my journey do you associate with this story or this story or this story they're starting to connect the dots because they were part of that story yes yeah and so it's a lot easier to shift the the feelings that are coming up to something that's structural right? Something that is concrete, mm -hmm. rather than being able to just sit in that shifting, shifting emotion and know, oh, I have impact on other people around me. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's also so brave about presenting a perspective that maybe is different from someone else's. And at this point in time in our culture, it's a super scary thing to do. And I think I maybe have talked about this podcast on here a thousand times, but I have you listened to the witch trials of JK Rowling? No, I have not. Okay. This podcast is maybe the best example I have ever heard of being able to listen to and challenge each other's ideas in a really respectful way. So it is, um, the woman who hosts it, her family was the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and 
So had a very indoctrinated, very small, like I didn't realize how small the Westboro Baptist Church actually was until I listened to this podcast, but it is a very small group who are essentially one family. And so that was her whole lived reality until she went on, she was on Twitter and obviously saying some things that were really harmful. And she has a TED talk about this process now where people when they responded in the comments in a way that was calm, thoughtful, but shared their own story and their own lived reality, that's how she was able to start hearing a different perspective from her own. And so she ends up leaving the Westboro Baptist Church. She actually married one of the people from the commenters on Twitter. (laughs) And She reached out to J.K. Rowling because J.K. Rowling is a very interesting figure in that she has been reviled by both left and right right, at this point, at this juncture in time. And so she wrote this letter to J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling agreed to actually be interviewed by her. And they have this real exchange that is really, really powerful. And I, you know, I'm never going to agree with everything that J.K. Rowling says, but when she shared her story, I understood where she was coming from. And I could think of ways to like engage in conversation with her because she wasn't saying, I'm never going to change my mind. And that's something that we do in this culture now, right? Is if you say something, it's like, that's what you are live and die on. But that's not, that's not the truth. It's not reality. It's like going back to that. Who am I? We are constantly evolving those things. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's something that you go, especially as an entrepreneur or any, any part of your life, but like, oh man, I got to stay in this, this lane. Why do I got to, you know, I, you know, standing up saying like vows to somebody, you don't have to stay in that lane. Like, you should be respectful. You should, you know, there's a lot of things that to make that vow something that stays. But if people venture too far out of those vows, you can still, I mean, it's okay to say this isn't for me. You know, you don't have to fight for 10 plus years and get like abuse, not necessarily like physically abused, but you know, not having your needs met is a form of abuse and having your needs like things that you need withheld that's a form of abuse and whether that's in your friendships and marriages in relationships with your family i think that like yeah so many times what you just said i i said something and i stuck to it i didn't want a master's degree but in high school i was like i'm going to be the first one in the family to have a degree and let's just make it a master's degree you know what i did i got myself in a lot of debt and got the stupid degree because i said it And I think we're allowed to change our minds. And that's one of the things that's unfolding, you know, like, especially like I just turned 40. I'm like, uh, it's unfolding. Like, we get to change our minds. We get to decide how we live our lives. And we get to decide what's best for us. We get to have those imperfections. Yeah, so what? You know, there's some crazy things in my book. And did I blame myself? Because I released the book. One of the people in the books is my horse. And she actually passed away the same week that I released my book. And I had written, one of the mistakes was I had written her in past tense in a paragraph. So let me tell you, I'm like, I'm a powerful manifester, but I did not manifest this. But for a while, I thought that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's okay to have mistakes. And you can't, you can't dwell on them. You can only learn from them. No matter how long you've been doing whatever it is how long you've been feeling like whatever it is I'm loud and obnoxious that's who I am as a human but I was told by so many people you're too loud be quiet do that well guess what 40 jet 40 year old Jen is not gonna care anymore (laughs) (laughs) I am opinionated I am loud I sing off key and if you don't like it there's the door (laughs) and (laughs) maybe sometimes nicer Yeah, well, it's so powerful to be able to stand in that. And it's one of those places also where I think being able to shift language is so important. Like obnoxious is a word that has, you know, so much negative 
connotation. But that's not a word, that's not something I would use to describe you. Like, full force, you know, shining brightly. It's, uh, it's those things that I, a friend of mine said to me years ago, she said, Lisa, you shine so bright that sometimes you burn other people's eyes. And that's not on you. And so it's kind of like wanting, it's that deconstruction of the word obnoxious, because it, that's how somebody else perceives you. You don't perceive yourself in that way. Right? Start handing out sunglasses. Yeah. That's a great strategy. I'm like, I think there was a podcast episode that I had on one of my shows. And that was what I was saying is like, I saw, I shine so brightly. I'm just going to start handing out shades. <laughs> I love that. Here's some shades for you. Here's some shades for you. Don't like it. There's the door. <laughs> Look away. Amazing. And it's so, and it's so important and powerful when you start living your life from that perspective, right? Like I am not here to hurt you. I'm not intentionally like trying to burn your retina, but I am not going to dim my shine when you have the opportunity to walk away, right? Because I, we are not for everyone and that's okay. But it is a really hard thing when we are so programmed to be liked by everybody, that mm -hmm. that is the key determinant of our value. Yeah. And to fit in all the norms, like being married and like, you know, having a group of friends and like, whatever it is, I think it, it is that that deprogramming of like, I know I get to shine as bright as I want and wear whatever shades I want and be whatever style I want. If I want to go back to the 90s and wear the platform shoes and the bright colors, surprise world this is what you're getting like you can't tell <laughs> right now but like my whole wardrobe is shifting over to this like super bright because that's that's it it's it's discovering yourself and I don't think that if we didn't go on this journey like everybody said by 40 you're gonna find you know like you'll stop caring as much and I was like you guys are crazy I don't care right now but I was living a life of denial because I cared so much that I was a shell. Yeah. If, yeah. if I could have learned this back when and been like, oh, this is what they really mean. But I think you need the, enough of life, life experience and time on this crazy planet to start realizing like how much power you're really giving away to others. And I think it might be shifting right now, like with the times that maybe younger people will start discovering this. Mm -hmm. more and more because they're being exposed to more and more younger and younger and younger. I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I just see it from my friends that have kids and stuff is I think that some of that's shifting and it might be shifting too far the other way, but I think that pendulum has to swing to where we all find that, like that peaceful rock on our nice little boat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I, I do hope so. I think I was having this conversation with someone yesterday around, you know, I, there are some really powerful and exciting young women who in some positions of leadership who are standing up and saying, you know, I don't want to get married and I don't have to feel shame for that. Period. Full stop. I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> good for you that's great and having leadership that's why leadership at multiple levels of generations is so important because the perspective from across every lived reality and stage is important in highlighting all the elements of the human condition right and how we and how we show up together and it's why i always struggle with that sentence i don't care and I know people are using it to start to as a way to set themselves free from other people's expectations, but I think it's really shifting it to I do I deeply care for myself. And so because I care so much for myself, I am going to remove myself from this thing that is harmful and painful. And in doing that, I also care for you because I'm setting you free from any expectation in this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I truly, I mean, that's something that it's been hard to learn and it's been hard to learn 
you know, that I do have to, there are relationships that I have to let go of and it makes, it's going to make a whole new thing. And what's going to happen? I'm going to have to be fully self-reliant on myself. And then you have to go through that whole thing because you become so reliant on all those outside expectations. Maybe you've become reliant on finances. You've become reliant on their opinions. You become reliant on, oh, maybe I can pass the buck and pass the blame to this person. And there's a certain point where it's like, you've got to let go and just be like, okay, this is who I am. I'm going to shine bright. And these are the, these are the relationships I have to let go of no matter how hard it is because the uncomfort in moving forward is going to bring something better than staying in the comfortable crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the heart. That's the hardest thing to face. And so what is when, what is one thing you are doing right now to take the next step toward your personal freedom? Well, there's, there's some major things is I, I have decided to leave my marriage. So that's one thing. But on the other side, it's I am really focusing on me for the first time in years. And what that looks like is I'm finally going to chiropractic. I'm finally saying yes to doing things, although I'm not making the money that I should be making to be self-sufficient yet. I say yet because it's coming. But I'm saying yes to things I want and I'm saying more no's to things I don't want. So I'm really allowing myself to to show up. So case in point, I'm not a girl, I'm not a Vegas girl like at all. But I was invited to go to a team retreat for one of the my podcast production clients cuz I'm part of her team. Come hang out with us and I'm like uh that's a lot of people. <laughs> like I don't want to go. Yeah. But I'm like okay, let's do this. So I went I'm this month I'm going on another client adventure. They invited me down to their house in Manhattan beach and there'll be a group of 20 people. And I said, yes. And I'm saying no to the things that I don't want to do. Do I want to go to a Weight Watchers meeting? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'd love to support that family member, but it's toxic for me recovering Mm -hmm. from an eating disorder. It's toxic for me. So I'm finally saying no to that. And I haven't been. I've been forcing myself to fight my eating disorder, support this person, feel like crap. And I'm finally like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fighting, you know, like we're not officially in the divorce process yet, but we're in that pre-work phase with stuff, which this will be the first time it's ever been out in public. But So <laughs> hi, family. Guess what? <laughs> if you're listening to this, surprise. <laughs> Because I haven't told you all yet, uh, but we're we're in this process, and it's it's different than I thought it was going to be. Like sometimes you hide and you don't want to let go, and you don't want to to step out on your own. You don't want to shine bright because you've created the story in your head of your f- you future thought it into this like giant monster, and you take the step forward, and you're like that monster. That was a little shadow of a tiny little baby field mouse. Mm-hmm. I can take mm-hmm. on that field mouse. That big shadow was terrifying that I've created with the story. So I just totally went off track, but no, <laughs> coming back around is I think that those are how, like some of the things I'm taking care of myself. I am looking to find some sort of a group in person that has some entrepreneurs that I can hang out with so I can mm-hmm. talk shop because my, my friends are like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they give me, terrible business advice. You talk to a non-entrepreneur about entrepreneurship, they will give you terrible advice. So don't follow it unless somebody's been there. And I think that that's just it. It's surrounding yourself saying yes. And for me, it's really like, all right, I I do have to become self-sufficient, you know, in a a certain length of time because we are moving forward with this process. But I also have to be self-sufficient in my body. And right now I have neglected myself so much that my health is tamed. So mm-hmm. mind, body, yes, no, like all of these things are connected to kind of move forward. Yeah, those are beautiful. And I think just to wrap it up, that metaphor that you used that you thought was off track, I actually think is perfect. 
of the shadow and the field mouse, right? The illusion that we create is always so much bigger and harder than what the kernel of reality actually is. So I can't take you. credit for that. Thank you for my therapist for telling me oh. something that was similar to that. It wasn't the exact same thing, but he's like, I forget exactly what he said, but that was really what it was. Is that, like that was something I got from therapy. So that wasn't a me thought. That was just a, a version. <laughs> it was through you. It, it was through, through me. You. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for your real vulnerability and opening your heart with us today. You can find Jen at the Cure for Pot Fate podcast, uh, your story of someone's life raft book. And Feed Your Business with Love is the is your third podcast. And the secret podcast is that, is it on your website? No, it it's still nowhere. Writing? It's still okay. in hiding. But it's I still do say, if you, if you listened, you'll know the name that it's under because I introduced <laughs> myself as that. Oh, okay. Oh, I think I know. I think I got it. <laughs> thank you for your time today. This was really, really meaningful. Have a, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this transformative journey today. Your support means the world to me. If you resonated with our conversations and want to uplift the Transforming 45 community, here's what you can do. One, subscribe and share. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you found value here, share it with your friends, family, and anyone seeking inspiration. Two, leave a review. On whatever platform you are listening on, your words can make a significant impact and help others find their way to these transformative stories. Three, connect. Join the conversation on my social media platforms. Follow me at LBoat for updates behind the scenes and more heart-centered content. And four, guest recommendations. If you know someone whose story could inspire someone else, reach out and let me know. I love connecting with diverse voices that carry the power to transform lives. Remember, it is your support that is the magic in my mission. Together, we can create a community of empowerment, growth, and healing. Thank you for being part of the Transforming 45 family. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing your journey. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast.